Hi and welcome everybody to the Happiness Safari podcast. My name is Nadine. I help nomad entrepreneurs on their life journey to find themselves and create a positive mind and health set so they don't burn out while reaching their goals. On the Happiness Safari podcast, I interview people who changed their lives and found their happiness, purpose and freedom. Today on the podcast, I interview Deborah, not just a dear friend of mine, but Deborah actually changed my life. Deborah Small, a naturalized Canadian citizen born and raised in Cape Town, South Africa, embarked on a personal journey over 20 years ago, a journey to discover who she was. Deborah's journey began with learning yoga. Eventually, she went from learning to teaching, having acquired over 20 years of practice experience in Africa, Asia, the Middle East. Europe and the Americas. Her endeavor of growth and wellness has only continued to flourish from there. With the spirit of assisting others throughout their journey being most prevalent in their actions and pursuits. Today, that journey has brought Deborah to where she currently is, an internationally acknowledged author and renowned expert practitioner within the field of holistic healing. Deborah holds qualifications as integrative reprogramming technique facilitator, yoga instructor, nutritionist, and instructor of advanced breathing techniques for self-healing. She is also a practiced and experienced guide and facilitator in programs, workshops, and retreats. Deborah also holds a degree in psychology from the University of British Columbia. Deborah and I will talk about how she changed my life. And we speak also about yoga and the benefits of it, about family constellations and so much more. And I'm so happy to announce that Deborah and I will host a yoga retreat together in Bali in February next year. Are you ready for a big change in your life and to propel into the next awesome phase of your life? If you're struggling with stress and getting rid of it in your day-to-day -day life, you could use some time away to dig into what's causing tension, tightness or blockages in your body, then please join us in Bali for the upcoming Heart-Centered Yoga Retreat. Imagine that by the end of this week, you will have new insights and inner strengths, plus you will feel a deeper connection to your body and your soul, feeling relaxed, soothed and happy. Please join us with a very international community. People from Canada, Europe and Kenya are joining and we have a couple of rooms left. So it would be amazing if you guys can join me and Deborah in Bali and enjoy practicing the original Bikram Yoga in a hot room. You will stay in a beautiful hotel in the center of Ubud. We will do very fun excursions such as rafting, but also we will introduce you to traditional Balinese ceremonies and we will bring you to a temple where we'll do a sound bath together so overall it'll be a very healing spiritual but also fun and relaxing journey so amazing eight days we'll have together if you want more information I will put all the links for you in the show notes And coming back to this episode, you will learn why we're running a program, how you can change your programming, how meditation can change your life, how you can stop feeling like a victim, and you will learn about the benefits of Bikram Yoga. And now I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Deborah, welcome to the Happy Safari Podcast. Very happy to have you. Thank and, you so much. And I would like to ask you actually, not how you are, but what are you most <laughs> uh, grateful for today? Oh, wow. Um, so actually where I am, I just woke up like an hour ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good uh, question to ask early in the morning. Um, but yeah, early in the morning, you know, the, the mind is not quite awake yet. So there's not many thoughts there so let me think about oh yeah there's so many things to be grateful for I mean I can start by just having my breath you know I guess without our breath we won't be alive so I'm so grateful for my breath and also for my body because the body does a lot of work for us and without the body we can be here so those are the basic things for me to be able to be here um And then, of course, I'm grateful for my family and uh, grateful for the people around me, for uh, for Mother Earth. So there's just, 
I would say the things that I'm most grateful for is the things that allows me to have an experience here. Hmm. Yeah. Very good. And do yeah. you remind yourself, or are you practicing gratitude or are you just aware? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, I practice gratitude daily and as much as I can. I also try to show people, like people that I interact with on a daily basis, that I appreciate them and love them. And that can happen in different ways. You know, it can be just a kind gesture to them. It can be actually saying that I love and appreciate you. Um, yeah, I try to really tell people or show people because it's something to know it in your head or to think about it. But you, when you show it, it's it's different. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's very important that we have to remember uh, to show that gratitude, not just to feel it. Yeah. You know, or just or just the person on the street looking for uh, some money, you know, the, the homeless person or something. Um, just showing them, I'm grateful for you too, and we're going to help each other here, right? Mm -hmm. And would you yeah. agree that when you actually show it, then you also feel it more, right? Because oh, 110%, it. of course. I always say that actually to people that whatever you share, that increases in your life. So if you're sharing not such good things, uh -huh, they will come back to you too. Mm -hmm. And if you're sharing love, compassion, peace, oh, 110%, those things come back to you 100 times. Yeah. Everything that you share increases. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. 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 And then uh, as it's early in the morning for you, how do you actually start your days? Oh, yeah. I have a very good uh, ritual. I start my day waking up and probably what I try to honestly do is I try to not pick up what I left off yesterday. So try to keep the mind clear from yesterday mm -hmm. because we have a tendency to pick up the problem straight away. Like, you know, oh, where did I leave of yesterday? What problem couldn't I solve? So I really try not to pick it up and to just wake up. Um, I like I where I live, we have beautiful trees. So I open up my blinds and I look out, uh, say good morning to the trees. And if the sun is up, say good morning to the sun. Um, that's how I like to open and start my day. And then I meditate. Because the first thing before these thoughts start coming in is again to keep calm, keep the system calm, keep the system clear, meditate. And then um, after my meditation, I take care of, a, I have a page, a meditation page that I post every day, a meditation. So after I've done my meditation, then I post a meditation there. And uh, we have like a one year kind of commitment. Some people are following that. So they, I post the meditation, so it's easier for them just to meditate. So once mm -hmm. I've done my meditation, I put it there and then hopefully they will do their meditation. Um, you record and a new meditation every day for them? I don't record every day. I also use other uh, teachers, uh, uh, okay. meditations, like there's yeah. plenty of teachers. So once a week I do a live meditation on that page and then the rest of the week I try to post something every day, something different. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, so then I do, that's one of my first things I do. And then I start taking care of my body. Okay, I'm going to drink my, um, I have some greens that I drink and maybe we have a cup of tea. So slowly start to take care of what does my body need, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then uh, most days I'll, start, I'll have a yoga class. Um, and then on the days when I don't have a yoga class, I have an, another, maybe I'll go for a hike or I do something. So that's how I start my day. Mm. you know take care of the physical body and then the rest of the day starts yeah right yeah that's usually how I start my day if, yeah. if it's possible like when I'm at home with my routine it's possible but sometimes when I'm traveling it's not always possible for those things but for sure the meditation um, is going to happen yeah mm. yeah I remember that because when we were traveling together and when we we're in Mexico together <laughs> oh, yeah. we were meditating. I remember <laughs> so you know yeah yeah so you know that that's yeah. how I start my day everywhere in the world Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not like I just that. think like it's open. We're like, okay, we're going to sit on a bed and meditate. Like usually when I do it myself, I at least get out of bed and I at least go to the bathroom or I yeah, I don't know. Like sometimes I make myself my lemon water before and then I sit in the bed. Mm. But with you, I remember it was just 
like you know up and okay we go because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so used to it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah no. i think it's that's that's the first thing that i i do is to make sure that i don't pick up yesterday's stuff so that gives me a better chance of a new day a fresh i mean the thoughts will creep in a little bit you know yeah. that's just normal uh, but at least i give it a good go But I like that because that's also how you can, I guess, create a new life is from the perspective of the present moment instead of the past, right? Because everything you build up on the past will always repeat itself. And if you're trying to create exactly. change, then you cannot do the same thing. So if you always create your future based on the past, then your future will basically be like your past. But if you see the future actually as it is, like... The future from yes. now on, every moment is the future. So you can decide that from now on you want to change something or do something different. So if you treat exactly. it Exactly. Unfortunately, what happens for most of us is, um, you, you might know about this, that unfortunately we're all running on some kind of program. Hmm. And this program has been laid down a very long time ago. Think about a computer. So um, computer needs a program to run. It's just the same with us. We are running on a program and it's so unconscious that we can catch ourselves out. When meditation does it, it helps us to start to see that so that you can see, you get a space between you and the thoughts, mm. right? And so you start, you're able to watch the thoughts. So then you have a chance to pick up this program. Mm. But other than that, we have no chance. That's yeah. why so many people they don't understand it they they want to be better they want their life to be different but they keep making the same mistakes over and over mm. because they don't understand how to get out of the program yeah. because 99% of our life is run on automatic responses just like you said it's everything about how we responded in the past how we try to protect us from the past you know how we try to build the walls because of the past And then we completely um, miss out on the present. Mm -hmm. And that's what meditation can help us with. And also breathing techniques. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, that's why on the daily, I think that's a very important thing to do um, is to make time so that I can understand and see that I am not my thoughts. I am not my feelings. I, you know, these are just things that I'm experiencing. Yeah. But I am bigger than all those things. And I am the one uh, that has been here before that thought or that feeling arises. And I will be here when that thought and feeling subsides again. So yeah. now it's like, that's part of being in your power. When you understand that, you have a, you have a chance to get out of the program. Mm -hmm. And then it's not to say that it's a bad thing. It's just some of these programs were laid down when we were very young. And when we we're very young, we we're quite vulnerable. You know, as little kids, like let's say three, four, five, six, you're so tiny and the world seems big. And so you create your reality from that three-year-old perspective and you just never, you don't even know it. You're just running. True. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, yeah, as you are like a yoga teacher and also I know you're a coach. Correct. You coached me in the past. And I remember <laughs> that when I was so stuck in my head and I was, I mean, depressed and you say like people are depressed because of the things that happened in the past, because of the memories of the past. And then I also had anxiety and anxiety is usually related to the future, like fear of the future. But basically, as you say, it's all thoughts, right? Thoughts of the past, about the past, and it's thoughts about the future and they are negative. Correct. And I remember that I so much wanted to kind of clear that or solve that problem in my mind I didn't real and even though I was already a yoga teacher then but just very fresh um but I've been practicing for quite some time but still I didn't really understand that I had to kind of solve it in my body as well so I remember that you send me your yoga nidra and you also tried to make me even starting to meditate and I was kind of on that journey a little bit on and off but it was so difficult for me and you know I wanted to have coaching sessions where I would you know go through my problems in my head and write like you know pro and con lists and kind of figure out like how I can change the situation and I didn't really understand that I could actually solve it or I kind of have to solve it in my body first and that actually you know 
becoming still and understanding that, yeah, your thoughts, they are just coming and going. And they're basically not, that's not who you are. And, and all of that, like, I didn't really understand back then. And yeah, now. Yes. And like most people don't. Yeah. And most people don't. And you know what is unfortunate? And you know, because I've told you this before, what's unfortunate is that we kind of don't understand the power that we have because we become a victim of those circumstances and we become a victim of the thought process. And in many instances, we also become addicted yeah. to that. And that's really the problem. It's like, oh, and when you kind of say that to people, they might get offended. I don't want to be in this position. I want to be happy, but no, if you want to be happy, you will be happy, but you have put conditions on your happiness. You've said, Oh, uh, I'm going to be happy, but if this happens then I can't be happy, if that happens and I can't be happy and, and life is just happening. It's not, uh, asking you, Oh, if it rains today, will you be happy? Or, Oh, if the wind blows this way, will you be happy? No. Life is happening because it's been happening for billions of years. And so the only power that you have is to change your point of view about everything. Like what happens to you and how you respond to what happens to you, that's your power. Hmm. And that's what's going to make the difference in your life. So you can change, like, let's say if somebody comes along and they take a bat and they break your arm, you're not responsible for that, that they came along and broke your arm, but you are responsible for the healing of your arm. And you're also responsible not to create that trauma over and over and over again. So if you keep thinking every five days, oh, that guy, he broke my arm, that guy, he broke my arm, and you just hate them or feel resentful towards them. So that's all being um, transmitted in your body, Yeah, in your body, like you said. So you keep, you keep being the victim of that one circumstance that happened 10 years ago over and over and over and over again. Mm. Once again, listen carefully. I'm not saying we're excusing the person who broke your arm. We don't know why they did that. But you, you are responsible for healing that. And if you choose to stay the victim of that one incident your whole life, do you think you want, would you want to change that? Of course you want to change that. Because you want to be happy because maybe we don't even know that person's alive anymore, where they are, but you're still feeling that resentment in your own body. So Mm. it's not smart. No, but it's yeah, difficult. Yeah. And I understand for people that it's also difficult. Yes, of course. But it's I read difficult, that... but it's also not. <laughs> it's also simple. It's like the practice, right? It's very simple, but oh, it, it, it always takes a choice. That's mm-hmm. one thing listeners have to understand is that we always have a choice. Yeah. That's your superpower. You can choose. Very true. You have to choose. That's it. Yeah, I read that recently that actually every emotion stays with us maximum for 90 seconds. And then actually you decide. And if you if it stays for longer, it means that you're thinking about it for longer. So and then you are kind of recreating that emotion and you're staying in that emotion. If you stop thinking about it, then it actually diseases. Yes. And to stop thinking about it, you have to make a choice. Because um, I think it's just lots of people are studying this. There's a flaw in our brain in that it uh, tends to hold on to the negative way more than a positive situation. Mm -hmm. For some reason, our brains just go like, so somebody can give you like, uh, I don't know, nine compliments and one insult. You're going to hold on to the insult. Yeah. So it's, we understand that's how we exist but you can always make a choice to say no that's okay that insult maybe had nothing to do with me maybe they had a bad day whatever you want to do to get out of it and then again focus on what's going right that's why in the world when you see the news or the newspapers and the tv all that stuff they keep talking about bad things and the whole world is spinning because they keep talking this bad news Mm. bad 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 so that's why you have all these heightened people that's oh everything is bad everything's but no no actually it's not (laughs) if you open your eyes yeah but it's that's part of why it feels like that we are wired like that right as humans and in the past in the last thousands of years like we had to look for the negative right you had to come out of your cave and you have survival danger yeah it's built into us for survival but we have taken it to the other end of the spectrum where now it's actually hurting us 
It's kind of like a pinch of salt. When you cook some food, you don't put a whole pot of salt in, you put a pinch of salt in. And that's how you have to use this to to help to preserve your life here. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So now we're actually diving straight in without you even telling us. Tell us a (laughs) little bit about what you do, Deborah, actually, and uh, yeah, how you help people in... Oh my goodness. Actually, you know, the the older I get, the more I feel like I don't really do anything. <laughs> um, it's yeah, honestly, before I used to like, oh, I do this and this. Now I'm just, I'm just being. <laughs> and through my being, if I help somebody out, that's okay. And, you know, um, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing. I just start to feel like there's not, there's nothing to achieve really. You know, there's before many years ago, it's like, I was on a path where I need to you know, achieve this. I have to get that. And uh, yeah, I'm not so much in, involved in those things. So what do I do? <laughs> well, one of the things I do is I teach yoga mm-hmm. and I love that. Um, I don't know if you've heard this, uh, if you want to know anything better, teach it. Yeah. If you've heard this saying, yes. Yeah. Um, so yoga is kind of like one of my first loves. Mm-hmm. Um, I started doing yoga more than two decades ago now. And uh, I started practicing and loved it. And then I went to my first teacher training and started teaching yoga. And in those years, we'd still go to people's homes and families would do yoga together. So I'd go to their home and yeah, teach the family. And in those days, we never really heard of yoga classes. It was only a decade later when I started to do Bikram yoga that it was, oh, it was in a class and, you know, all that stuff. So, um, but yeah, my first yoga um, experience was a little bit different. Um, And I really fell in love with um, how I was able to manipulate my physiology, Mm. Um, you know, my circulatory system, my respiratory system. Like I, I could actually, I was feeling the changes that I have in my body when I do yoga. And then I could also see the changes when people did the yoga poses and how quickly they could come. Actually, just the other day, I went and did a breathing class with a, a family. It was funny. The family was like five, five of them together, the husband and wife and their kids, and they all wanted to do some breathing. And it wasn't very long, like 10 minutes into it, the whole room changed because they all changed just from mm-hmm. doing some breathing techniques. Yeah. So that I fell in love with that. The, the, what I saw that people can change like that, you know, mm-hmm. because before I think in my life, I felt very um, helpless and hopeless. Like I felt a victim of my, of my um, feelings and thoughts and emotions and circumstances external. And basically when I started meditating and I started to do yoga, I felt empowered. Mm-hmm. I really did. And I wanted to help others feel that same empowerment. And then that kind of put me on a path. So after that, I, like I said, uh, I also did the Bikram yoga training. And then I was just completely in love with Bikram yoga. Still am. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all yoga, really. Like anybody that teaches yoga is they helping people to become empowered, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't really matter. But the system that I really love is Bikram because there's just so many benefits. And it's such a short period of time to get all those benefits, 90 mm-hmm. minutes. Um, gives you the heat so that you can get, uh, you know, you can clean out through the through the skin. Um, the way that the the system works, the twenty six postures, everything one posture builds on the neck, so that you get maximum out of everything. Um, yeah, it's just an amazing system. We can be all day to talk about that, but um, so yeah, I started teaching full time yoga, and then I also from just learning and seeing things. I actually wrote a book called The Self-Repair Toolkit, and um, that book is still available on Amazon if anybody would like to go out and get that. We'll put the link in. Um, Yeah, I, you know, I created this book and it basically has 12 tools. And so because what I've seen in the world is a lot of people, they have pain and suffering, but a lot of them don't know why. Mm. And literally, if we are in pain and suffering, most of it we are creating ourselves. Mm. But we don't know, right? Because we are running on the story in the background that we are not aware of. Mm-hmm. So the book actually helps. The intention of the book is to help to bring some light, to shine a light on those things which you don't know is running in the background. 
Um, yeah. And so I also developed a workshop on that book. And so before COVID, I traveled a lot and did workshops. I also like to do um, retreats. So maybe once or twice a year, I go somewhere. And since COVID, we haven't. But this February, we're doing one in Bali, which I'm very excited about. And uh, it's going to be amazing. So I do that. And I also obviously do the coaching, as Nadine was saying, she actually uh, did some with me which is phenomenal. Again, basically based on that, um, we're running on a program. You have to mm-hmm. become aware of your program and then you have to choose to change that program. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing on every moment when that old story wants to come back, you have to choose a new one. Mm-hmm. And that's, it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you pick up a weight, you have to build a muscle. It's the same story. You have to keep changing, you keep changing and you have to be committed to that. You, and, and, you know, I mean, it's normal. You know, if you uh, if you do it nine out of ten times and one time you fall back to the old, it's okay. But you at least you're starting to 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 change it, yeah. like, and then over time you're going to find yourself. Oh, like probably yourself, Nadine can can understand this. You look back and it's like, oh, I don't have those thoughts anymore, and mm-hmm. I'm having my new life, and I'm having my new experience. Yeah. And so I help people uh, through um, through my uh, integrative reprogramming techniques. That's how to do that and it's not like Nadine myself my, in the beginning you found it hard but then once you got it it was simple right and uh, once you have that commitment to I want to be happy you will do it mm-hmm. that has to be your most important thing it's like literally you have to say nothing else is more important than this that's how committed you have to be to it if yeah. you want to see the results right yeah um, yeah and so I do that and um, I actually recently since COVID three years ago, because everything shut down, I started doing, actually, this is a new thing. It's not new for many people, but for me, it was. There's a thing called family constellation mm-hmm. and it blew me away. And the person that developed it um, is from Germany and he's passed away now, I think uh, about two years ago, Bert Hellinger is his name. I was just blown away at the results that you could get from this process. Basically it takes, if you have, a lot of people have problems with their family members or so on. So if there's an issue, pain and suffering around that, uh, we can do a family constellation. And uh, before COVID, they would use people to, um, you know, to play these roles. But now we just use objects and it works the same because everything works on this, that there's a field, there's a field that you can access anything. And that's literally what, what it's about. So I started doing that and I started offering that service and people have had great results with that. Right. You do that and so online, or you do that? I do it online. Yes. I can do it in person too, but I've been, since I've done it, I did it once or once or twice with people, uh, but mostly I do it online. Phenomenal. I have some people who've done it and absolutely, I mean, people that have had issues with the the parents and and we you, it just gets resolved it's crazy it's because amazing. i've been wanting to do it so much and then i've seen it in your newsletter and i've been wanting to ask you about it because i thought hmm she really doing this online because i've been looking for this a long like for a long long time it kept coming back in my mind that's something I've oh done. yeah and i heard also I'm, it's phenomenal i mean i every time i do it yeah. i'm just like shocked at the results <laughs> like literally But how, yeah, okay, so can I you mean, quickly uh, talk us through how explain. it works if you would do it with somebody online? Yeah. So basically, like I said, um, if somebody comes to me and they say, okay, they have this problem, this problem, we I have a set of objects and then we give each object will represent the person that you're having a problem with. And then you're having the we basic, not the other person. I have the objects. Oh, yeah, okay. no, I have the objects. Okay. And then we create the field where okay. the objects are in. And then, um, yeah, the objects start, it just, it's hard to explain it because it just works. The object starts uh, showing you what you need to know, the other person on the other end. And then, of course, I can also interpret both ends. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's very, very cool. Um, Like I said, I've done it for myself. I've done it for others. um, And that's one of the things that I've, It kind of happened by chance, you know, that I, I got onto this training. Um, but then I was just blown away, blown away, like like blown away and also not blown away because I, I knew that 
we are so powerful. And I knew that we we exist in this, you know, field where there's so much power that we can access, like this energy all around us. We, we just have to learn how to access it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like that. So that's the one thing that I that's new for me, which I'm enjoying thoroughly to help have people you tried with. Have you yourself or... How did you uh-huh. get it? I did it for yourself. Okay. Uh, that's the first thing I always do. Yeah. I do myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I was able to access, um, you know, my ancestors. And, and I have a grandmother on my father's side that I never met because my grandmother, she passed away when my father was like five years old. So we never met her. But in this field of, I was able to access her. Mm, wow. Yeah. It's very amazing. And I didn't know anything about her. Like wow. because my father never spoke with her, but I even knew her name. Wow. And then what happened is I have an older cousin and I called her. She still lives in South Africa. And I called and I said, uh, was this the name of, because her mom was my father's oldest sister. So she yeah. might know more because she was older when her mother passed. And then um, I asked her like, is this the name? And she said, yes. Mm. She said, yes, that's her name. Oh, How would I know that? I don't know that. Nobody spoke about her. Hmm. Yeah. So those kinds of things. It's very cool. And because we know that we can access everything. Uh, but again, it's just uh, we live unconscious. Hmm. So when you start to become aware and conscious, you can access anything. Hmm. Right. Nice. So that's the one thing that I did. And then another cool thing that I did, by, uh, you know, by COVID days, because we all worked up. Actually, this one was funny. This one is called Access Consciousness. And um, I had heard about this a couple of years ago. And I thought, oh, I have so many tools and techniques. I don't want any more tools and techniques. I'm done. So I didn't do anything about it. But what happened is, is that after COVID, a friend of mine came to visit me. And she was like, you have, she did it. And she said, you have to try it. And I was like, eh. She made me sit and she did it for me. And I was blown away. So basically, if you can understand, like there's a, you know how we have pressure points in the body with Chinese medicine. They they usually use some pressure points in the body yeah. to heal certain ailments and so on. So this thing works on pressure points on the head. So what it does is there's this like six, eight couple of sequences that you do in the head, on the head. And uh, literally what it does is it, it helps to take you out of the logic mind. The first thing that I thought to myself when I did it was like, oh, it's like kind of like doing ayahuasca. Now, I've never done ayahuasca before because I'm not good with throwing up. Mm. And so I kind of always avoided it. Um, But that's what came into my head. Like, oh, this is that kind of experience that you can have with ayahuasca. You go beyond the logic mind. But I didn't have to throw up and be sick. So I fell in love with it. Again, uh, when people access their pure consciousness, because we are consciousness, we are energy, Mm. but we be experiencing the world through our logic mind. And that's why we have so much limitation. That's why there's so much fear, limitation, because the mind is very limited in, in, in what it knows. Why? Because it only knows the past. Mm-hmm. Just like how you said earlier, on, it doesn't know about the future. And therefore we seem to be so afraid of the, uh, of death because we don't know it. The mm-hmm. logic mind cannot comprehend it. It's beyond. Right. Um, so this technique, helps you to really go beyond the logic mind because that's where all our problems exist. So we created all these problems. And then, like you said, you try to fix it on the same in this mind and you cannot fix it there. I think it was Einstein that said, you cannot fix the problem on the same level where it existed, where it was created. You have to go beyond. So you have to find a different frequency. And this is what access consciousness does very, very easily. I was blown away. Like in 35 minutes, basically, you just, now this I can't do online. You have to be here in person. Um, There's some manipulations to the head. Mm -hmm. And every person that I've done, and I've done lots of people now, every person that I've done is so different because they are stepping into their, what we call, pure consciousness and there you can create you can do anything some people have healed themselves from illnesses backache whatever you name it it can be done so in and also even like generations of whatever trauma blah 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 it's possible 
So I'm having so much fun with these new tools that I've learned. And again, just for me, um, helping people is one of the things that I love most. Mm. But I always try things on myself first because I have to be, I have to know uh, that it works and then I will share it with others. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's all the things I've been doing for the last three years. Um, And I'm just loving it. Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't worried that you would be bored. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wasn't. And I started teaching yoga online, which is like, it was crazy. The first time I ever did that, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like this. And I still do it now. Even the pandemic is over. Um, I still teach once a week on a Sunday. I actually have a a subscription package that I offer to people. It's like $27 US dollars. So in that subscription, you get like once a month, we get together and we talk about uh, the book. So the book is there, the book is online and um, there's a workbook so you can do the work. And so once a month we get together, so if you have questions, you can come and ask them. And then once a week, you get the Bikram Yoga class online on Sundays. So all that in the package and, and there's about five of my meditations, which includes that yoga nidra meditation that you talked about. So I just want to help people to get out of the story, right? If yeah. it makes them unhappy. So that's what I've done in the, during the COVID, I've I've created all that. Mm. Um, So anybody can just sign up. I'll put the link here too, for you. I'll send it to you. Anybody can sign up for that. And then, yeah, you, if you want to, you can take my class once a week on Sundays. I took your class on Sunday. Yeah. I know you did. Yeah. During the pandemic. Yeah. So that's all the fun stuff that I've been doing. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm working anymore. It's just all fun. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how it should be, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but okay, what I want. So, I mean, so many questions. Wait, where do I start? But first of all, I mean, so, <laughs> this is all about the journey, right? And yes. so I'm actually not sure if I even know. But yeah, when, when did <laughs> all of this start? Like when when you said before you also had limitations and you, you were oh, yeah. always the I way think you I have, mm-hmm, I think I have one memory that comes up for me. I think I always had, like, since I was very young, like, I think at five years old already, maybe three or four or five, I always looked at the world a little differently. And and I always felt like I had this connection to something, but didn't know quite what it was. Um, But, you know, teenage years comes and teenage years really pushes us into the body because it's so physical. And then you basically just move away from any knowing that you have because you're so consumed by the body and what the body's doing. And you have boobs and you have this and, you, you know, and you have hairs. And and so we, and I think it's meant to be like that because um, that's how we need, we need to be involved in that for survival. Because mm-hmm. if we don't re- reproduce, then we will not be here as a, as a species. Uh, so I think that's necessary, but okay. So that happened. And then I think when I was, um, I was in my early 20s. I I always, I grew up in a home where we went to church. Um, and so I, I knew about God. Well, I was taught about God and Jesus and all that stuff. And um, it really resonated with me. There was a part in my, you know, within myself that connected with the God or the Jesus or the goodness that Christianity wanted to teach us. I did connect with that for a, for a while. and. Um, but as I got older, I also saw the other side of that. But that's just the nature of life here. There's good and not so good with everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that. So, um, yeah, I think anybody, if you if you really, truly embrace whatever it is that you're doing, if that's Christianity, Buddhism, Muslim, whatever it is that you're doing, you'll find the God because the God is within us and we connect to the God, however mm-hmm. it's presented on the outside, right? But um, so I always I always had that kind of connection to the God, even though it was in a different form. Right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I was in my early 20s, of course, you know, things happen, life happened. And I felt I felt quite overwhelmed with my life and with the external situations of where I was living and so on. And I went to a talk by chance because at this stage of the game, I actually started to meditate. And through this meditation community, I heard that there was going to be a talk. And this guy came from actually from the U.S. I was still living in Cape Town that time. He was traveling with his wife. He was a kinesiologist. um, And they were traveling and doing these workshops, just like how I do in our workshops. (laughs) And um, I went there. And I don't remember much about the workshop, but it was about, 
he was talking about consciousness and even things about the field, like how I was just talking to you about how to access things in the field, something like that. But the one thing I do remember was at the end of it, I had a little talk with this guy and um, he said to me, if you want to be happy, you have to change the program. Just actually, just like what I was saying to you, I never forgot about all this. I'm like, and I was like, no, I'm not happy because of my job, because of my this, because of my that. It's not because of that. I'm not happy because these people are not doing what they are supposed to do for me. (laughs) That's what I was thinking. But he said to me, no. And he actually said to me this information that I also shared earlier with you about the program and the computer. That was the man where I first heard this. And many people use it now, but that's the first time I heard it. Um, And he said to me, actually used like this. He said, if you have a computer and you have a printer and you have the printer. So if you have the piece of paper, like let's say there's a piece of paper here. And the piece of paper is kind of your life as it is. And you say, well, I don't like that. I don't like this piece of paper, what's written on this paper. And the, and I'm, Jumping at the um, at the printer saying, you got to print something else. You have to print something else. I don't like this. And he says, it will never work. He says, no. you got to go all the way to the programmer and change the program. Mm. And to be honest with you, I did not understand what that meant in that moment. But he did say to me that um, if you want to be happy, then you have to change your thinking. And I was like, okay, so I didn't understand it. But anyway, that was honestly, I would say that was the, that's when I came at a crossroads in my life. Mm-hmm. It's like, I had to decide that I don't have to be the victim anymore of my circumstance. And what am I going to do to change things? And that was the beginning of it. And that was like, I don't know, coming up for 30 years now. (laughs) And since that time, I have been on this journey towards self-empowerment, towards self-responsibility. And I took, you know, like I said, took yoga, did this, did that, did that, and everything I first did for myself. And then with yoga, what I loved about yoga is, is that side by side, I was learning and teaching, learning and teaching, learning Mm. and teaching. And yoga is very much a path of self-responsibility. I'm responsible. And so, yeah, so that was really, and many, many, many beautiful things and people have happened over the years, of course, but that would have been, that would be the defining moment. Mm -hmm. That's when I understood that I actually can do something. I never even gave it a thought. I felt so powerless and such a victim in my life that I never even thought that, oh, I could do something to help my life, to change my life. Mm -hmm. And that was the beginning. And I did change my life. And now actually I look back and I don't even recognize it from that old, Mm. you know, because you have to start changing the way that you think. And of course I did lots of training and learning. And one of the best things I ever learned was that, oh, there's a program that runs in the background. Mm. And, oh, I created that program because between the ages of one and six, there are scientists that say that's when your program is downloaded. Boom, it's done. So whatever happened, and you know, it's not to say like we grow up with our parents and they try their best. Like I know a lot of people, you know, have so much resentment towards their parents, but they only did their best, Mm. you know? And again, that's a family consolation session, but if you have a problem, we can help you because you just have to understand it and understand that you're running on a program that was made by a five-year-old. Hmm. because you know between the ages of one six seven and so on we have no filter so everything the information is seeping into us from our environment and we're trying also very hard to keep ourselves safe because we are so vulnerable because without parents take somebody taking care of us we don't survive no. we don't survive so therefore we create all kinds of um you know strategies to survive but we don't need those strategies but now our life is running on that and we don't know. So by the time we get to like, I don't know, maybe from the teenagers up to 25, the frontal cortex starts, I think at 25, it finally comes together and you can make uh, decisions that's like executive decisions. So you might have somebody who 
who wants to have a better body weight or something. So in her or his frontal cortex, executive decision-making process, they're like, I want to be this weight. But the program running in the background is saying, but I like cookies. Or whenever I saw my mother down or depressed, she used to eat. So that's what I do. So I don't understand why I'm doing these things because I'm, I'm deciding that I want something different. Why? Because these two brains, they are not talking to each other. Mm. They exist separately. So when I try to help people with my coaching, with the techniques that I do, I try to let these two start to talk to each other. Let's mm. introduce them to each other. Let's let them not be opposite and fight with each other. Because the um, the the oldest brain, which is in the back here, is only, it's, they call it the critter brain or, you know, the reptilian brain. It's the oldest brain on the planet. So it's only really issue is that it wants to survive. Mm. It doesn't care about your happiness. It just wants to survive. So let's say if you created something when you were three or four or five, a situation that was created anxiety for you or something like that. So what happens is that you'll, you will create that over and over and over to make this brain see that you are safe. We are safe. We are surviving. We are safe. We are surviving. Mm. And the frontal cortex is like, but I want to be happy. <laughs> and this one is saying, I don't care about your happiness. We need to be safe. So that's why we need to un dismantle that in a good way because it protected you everything we do is for a positive reason yeah it really is uh but now we don't need that anymore so that's the work mostly that i try to help people with it's just how do we look at both of these because they neither of them are wrong mm-hmm. they were both there for a reason for a purpose to help you yeah i'm so happy it's just that. yeah it's just you're not going to go to a three-year-old and say hey Give me some advice on how to survive in the world. You're never going to do it. <laughs> But that's your yeah. story. Yeah, true. Yeah. I'm so happy that the guy said to you, uh, it's a program and you have to choose and change it 30 years ago because yeah. he said something very similar to me pretty much on the date, I would say, four years ago. <laughs> which is really Wow. Cool. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And yeah, I shared that on your podcast, but yeah, it was uh, really just the most miserable day of my life, I guess, after being depressed for probably a year and in the most intense phase after having insomnia for months and all of that. And I remember you said to me, you just have to be happy. <laughs> you have to decide. So basically, you know, change your, yes. your program and make a decision and work on it. What you said before, right? You have to put the effort in and you have to understand. And I mean, obviously, when you said it, something clicked, but also because of the work I've done before, like, I mean, all the yoga, the teacher training, the meditations, the, you know. Yeah, they're all work. built on each other. Exactly. But yeah, really, in that moment, I decided that, okay, now this is done and now. <laughs> and, I, and I think mostly um, you didn't know that you had the power to change it and you didn't know that you could change it and you didn't even know that you were choosing not to change it all that time yeah and that was something that you have to say delicately to people because some people will just there are some people in the world that they don't like me <laughs> because I told the truth <laughs> not me particularly but you know because you have to tell people even if they're not ready to hear the information because maybe later on but you have to tell them the truth And the truth is that you are powerful. And the but truth is that you're like, choosing. Not yeah. you, but I didn't, I didn't like, I didn't what, like what I said. Also. I was like, okay, exactly. she's not very compassionate. She's not the kind of like, you know, therapist giving me a tissue. And I was just like, you know, like no, it's like, Nadine, this is you and you can change it. And, you know, it's like all that you have, but you don't need this anymore. And I was just like, <laughs> and you're thinking it's easy for you to say because you're not suffering with this exactly yeah exactly no yeah, I've no. Uh, there has been a few people like that but I I can honestly say that more people uh find the solution find the strength and change their life yeah yes yeah so very yeah. well and that makes me happy that yeah. makes me truly happy yeah yeah very good that leads me to the last three questions of the podcast actually okay let's go so what does happiness mean to you <laughs> oh my goodness okay so you know uh this is a great question and I you can see the big smile on my face because there are a lot of ways that I can answer this question 
Um, there's no right or wrong answer to this. But the first thing that came to my mind as we're talking about everything was when I was very young, like five years old. And to me, happiness was just, I was just happy. Mm-hmm. I was just happy. Uh, you know, uh, I, there isn't for no reason. I just had this happiness. Like people, I remember one day I was walking down the road with my mom and a, a friend of my dad was coming from the other way. And we were walking and he came to me, obviously talked to my mom a little bit, whatever. And he, he looked at me and he says, oh, you're always smiling mm-hmm. and you have a beautiful smile. And I never forgot that. I was five years old. And so basically, I think I was just always happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, you know, whatever. And uh, another person said that to me about not long ago, just a couple of days ago, uh, about because I was just smiling and they said, oh, you must be, oh, no, that's right. It was a person who um, I was at the chiropractor because I like to go for a little adjustment just to maintain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I was sitting there and he just started talking to me because I must have been had a smile on my face and said, oh, you look you look so happy. And it's like, oh, that's what he said. That's how I want to look. That's why I'm, I'm coming to the chiropractor. Mm-hmm. And then I said to him, oh, I come for um, I come for maintenance. That's why. Like, mm-hmm. I don't wait until I'm like chronically needing it and then coming. So that's what I said to him. And he said to me, oh, yeah, that's where I would like to be. But it's like, well, I was always just like this happy, but OK. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think so even now in my 50s, people are still telling me I'm happy. Um, so happiness to me is like, yeah, it, it's a whole combination of things. But at the end of the day, through the work that I'm I've, I'm doing and I've done, uh the truth about happiness that I understand now is that happiness is my my being. And on the days where I feel I can't access my happiness, I used to, when I was younger, try to look for it from the outside. Maybe I go for shopping, maybe I find a new boyfriend, maybe I take a dress, maybe I have some food, maybe I go to another country. And to be honest with you, I used to do those things. <laughs> Um, because I want, I thought that happiness came from the outside, mm. but I know that I am happy. And so that when I'm, when I have all my children at home for dinner, then that happiness comes in and out. It's like a, you know, we're exchanging that happiness when I'm sitting home alone, having a dinner, I can have that exchange of happiness. So the happiness is always within me. And then I just get to have an exchange with the outside world. And on the days where I can't access that happiness, I don't force it. I just watch it. I watch it. And then before you know it, it'll change. Maybe there's sadness because there are things that we can get sad about. Maybe we lose a a loved one. Maybe we lose our house. Maybe we lose our money. Maybe we lose whatever. Usually unhappiness comes from loss and fear of not having uh, the means to take care of our physical being or our family or so. So there are things that can cause some unhappiness and that's okay. What I found is, is just if I can watch that and not get involved in it and not become a victim of it, then it passes. Mm. It's like this. You're um, you're standing in a, in a pond of water and you're splashing up and down. Oh, I'm drowning, I'm drowning. Your feet and your arms, I'm drowning. And then I'll be coming and say, hey, can you stand still? Just can you just stand still? <laughs> and then, okay, stand still. And then you start to see the water. You start to see you're not drowning. You start mm-hmm. to see the bottom of the water, how clear it is. And that's what we are doing in our life. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. Da, da, da. Can you just be still? Because your happiness, your true nature is happiness. I think that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard. Uh, it was Thich Nahan who said it so beautifully. Your very nature is happiness. I hear it still, his voice. You know, he left us uh, last year, I think, um, in his body he left. But it's everywhere, in the trees, as he said. I mean, uh, you know, you'll be in all the leaves. Or the flower. Wherever you look at the tree, you'll see me. And it's so true. But I hear his voice because that's what he What he said, and it's so true, your very nature is happiness. Mm. And so for me, it's like, yeah, what is happiness? It's everything. 
Mm. Nice. <laughs> nice answer. <laughs> oh, you already answered the question. The second question is, what do you do oh. to be happy? But then I think uh, maybe okay. what do you do to, I mean, either maintain that. I mean, to, for me to be happy. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there are certain things that make me happy. Like I love to spend time with my kids because, you know, they don't live at home anymore. So that makes me happy when they when we all make time together to do that. It makes me happy when I can be with a client and be breaking through barriers and they and they can see their power and they can see. So those things make me happy. It makes me happy to teach yoga, to see that how people are getting, you know, the benefits uh, it makes me happy to go with my husband to do something, you know, not so we can just go to the store and buy something like for the house. So, so you know, it makes me happy, to, yeah, to do many, many things, to go for a swim in the ocean makes me happy. Um, yeah, it could be, there's lots and lots and lots. It's endless. To see, a, oh, one of my favorite things is when I see bees in the flowers, that makes me happy. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> The simple things to see the moon, the full moon, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, makes me um, happy. What was the la- uh, What was the happiest moment in your life? Oh, there is no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> I cannot say that there is one moment that was the happiest. I don't. Uh, I don't have an answer for that question. Um, there is no one moment that I would say was the happiest moment. Because they all just are, they're all happy moments that came, you know, together. Um, so I haven't come to that yet. Maybe I ask me another 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let me think if I can think of something that would, would you know, be good for such a, for an answer like that. Um, I probably don't think it's a moment, but it's probably a feeling of <laughs> I remember when I first started uh, getting into the meditation and yoga world I was very like again like you you wanted to achieve something like I'm gonna go to India and I'm going to do all this stuff because I want that there, there has to be something to be achieved I always thought there was something to like or you're going to become enlightened you have to achieve something of course there's something to achieve and every time I try to achieve something <laughs> I would blow up in my face. So there was never anything to achieve. But um, I have a teacher, and you probably know him. Uh, his name is Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. And, um, you know, he said, so he teaches and worldwide. There's an organization called The Art of Living, and they teach breathing techniques um, and many other things. But one of the breathing techniques uh, called Sudarshan Kriya, and he I, I learned this um, breathing technique that I still use. And he said to me, just do this every day. It's like, if you do it every day, it's about, it takes you about 12 to 15 minutes. He says, just do this every day. And you're going to see after some time, you're going to see your yourself. And he says, it's like, think about it, uh, that you're like cleaning a window. And you're cleaning the window every day when you're doing the breathing. And then after some time, you're going to be able to see through to your soul. Let, like see yourself. Because we're we're so disconnected from ourselves because we have the illusion of separation, right? So we're not connected to us. We're not connected to God. We're not connected to our environment, to the people around us. So we're so separate and we think we're so alone and, uh, you know, we're victims. Anyhow, he said, just do it. And uh, I have to say that after 10 years of doing this daily practice, I was like, oh, I don't see anything. And then I was like, but... And then I realized that, oh, it's because I had an expectation that something was going to happen. So I dropped the expectation. And then I think it was maybe 12 years or so after when I one day just was in this space, which I I felt was, oh, I think this is it, what he was talking about. (laughs) And I can honestly say that that space I can now have without within my daily life. After many years, it's like, now I don't have to really meditate to be there to get that. I just have it. It's just with me. So I cleaned and cleaned and cleaned and cleaned. And then I had this, it's like the meeting of the self. Mm. And I can't honestly tell you exactly what moment that was, when that happened. But in my journey, it happened. 
And I would probably say that, and you can't even, it's to say that it was the happiest moment of my life is in a way too cheap to say it. Do you know that? Mm. Because it's, it's, it, like I get goosebumps actually, because it blows the roof of happiness because mm. it's so much deeper than that. Yeah. And then I, um, I realized because when I used to travel and seek, I was just a seeker and seeking for everything. <laughs> I remember a lot of these teachers, they would look at me like they had, they had like a secret, but I didn't know it. And I wanted to know what is the secret. They, they, there's something that they're not telling me and they couldn't tell me because everybody has to find it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I would have to say that experience is the one I honor because it's experience that made me free, mm-hmm. free from staff, free from people have to love you. People have to do this for you. You have to do free. Yeah. Now you can show up in the world free. And still, and of course, life happens. And I yeah, and of course, four years ago, right? I mean, so I would put that yeah. in the notes as well, the art of living so people can. Yes. With no expectation. No, oh, please, because after 10 years, I was like, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would have to say if you're looking for something, that's the experience that I could um, tell you about. But like I said, you can't even say the happiest moment of my life because it's, it blows the roof of happiness. Because the way that we understand happiness is perhaps sometimes we when we get what we want, mm. you know, how we want it the way that we want it in that same then we think we're happy but when it's like when you understand you are the whole thing mm. it's like boom yeah. yeah yeah very happy for you you had this experience and uh, <laughs> yeah said, and then everyone it's just, has to find it for themselves yeah and it's like basically it's there for everyone but you you need to create a discipline towards that you can't just say oh I want it I want it but I'm not going to do the work it's like mm-hmm. oh I want to look good but I'm not going to go to the gym yeah like yeah you can think all you like you want to look good but if you don't do it something the discipline that's the other thing my teacher said he said 100% uh discipline creates 100% freedom mm-hmm. and that took me also like 20 years to get yeah but I get it now like yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought, well, I'm responsible. I take responsibility. No, you did not. <laughs> it was so much deeper than I thought. Yeah. But when you practice it, you will get it. And believe me, there is nothing, like this world has nothing. Like that's what I said. I can't even say happiness for that experience. This world has nothing on the experience of who you are. Mm. So it's worth it to take yeah. your journey towards yourself. Yeah. And whatever tools, and the tools, they are different. You do whatever you want to do, but just make a decision that you want to reach yourself Mm. because that's the only thing that's worth doing. And then from that place, things can happen. Mm. And if they're there, good. And if they're not there, also good. I remember when I was younger, like when things were going well, I was so happy. And when things were not going well, I was like, oh, victim, victim, victim. Mm. But because we don't know. But when you know better, you can do better. So so there's no judgment, like, you know, there's no judgment for anyone or anything. It's just, do you want to be free from it? Do you want to be free? Yes, I do. Yeah. Speaking of teachers and tools, uh, what is a book you read you would like to recommend? Oh, man, there's so many. But uh, the one that really jumps out for me, that was an amazing book I read many years ago, was The Untethered Soul. Yes. Uh, And Michael Singer is still alive and he is amazing. Um, And this book will help you to wake up from the programming hmm. and from the thinking and from the patterns. And he's written it so well that because when you don't know, sometimes it's hard to resonate with the information, but the way that he wrote it, was brilliant mm-hmm. so that's a book that I recommend 110% I was hoping read it it'll change that. your life <laughs> because yes. you, you told me actually you recommended me that book as well oh I see so, I still recommend it yeah I yes. still recommend it so I was wondering it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm just realizing awesome. how much you actually changed my life. <laughs> well, I did. And you changed your life. I just had the privilege to, you know, mm. to be part of it. But you did the work. Well, but let me thank you again, <laughs> just because I have you. Here. And I'll take that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and also, yeah, thank you for being here on the podcast. And thank you for sharing your story with us and the listeners. And also thank you for doing, or actually just being, because you're not doing, but for being. Yeah, exactly. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> exactly. And thank yeah, you so much, Nadine. For the world. Thank you, Deborah. It's Thank you so much for having me and for allowing me to. Um, to talk on your podcast and thank you i'm so grateful for you and i'm so you know happy to see that you're up, you know you're doing the work and you're getting the results um, and you're also helping to change other people's lives which is one of the greatest things we could ever do it's just by being who we are that we inspire inspire people to look deeper into uh, finding the true self yeah yeah Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Welcome. Welcome back. And thank you for listening until the end of the episode. And isn't Deborah just an awesome, inspiring personality? And I just love her story. And I really love the person she became. And yeah, how she helped me. And now I can help others as well because of her. And obviously also because of my own decision, as she said. But yeah, I'm really here to empower you also to take on this journey. To not feel like a victim. To feel empowered that you can change your life you can create your life you can live the life you want and if I can do it and Deborah can do it then you can do it too and if you feel like this was a good energy please join us in Bali check the show notes and book your place on the website and if you have any questions I'm always happy to have a call with you you can ask me anything and um, yeah in case we don't know each other please reach out and let me know whatever you would like to know I'm here to help you on your journey no matter if it's online or if it's in Bali and you join us in person um, yeah so that is it. I'm also always appreciating it if you jump over to my Instagram and you comment under the episode, leave some love, some hearts for Deborah. She would be happy about that as well. And yeah, please rate, review, subscribe and all that kind of stuff. Um, that helps podcasts a lot. I um, keep going every week for you and Deborah has a podcast as well. I launched uh, her interview with me, I think two episodes back. So so um, that's, uh, yeah, Deb Talks. So if you want to listen to her podcast, I will also put that in the show notes. And yeah, I wish you a wonderful day, evening, night, no matter where in the world you are, when you're listening to this. And I hope you are well. And yeah, sending you a big hug, lots of love. And see you next week. <laughs>